0: Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence, and I'm your host. And this episode, know where their loyalties lie. We will be discussing issues of church and government and looking back on uh, this side of the pandemic that we are uh, out of, almost out of. Anyway, this is particularly going to be focusing on Uh, churches, but also how Christians in general did respond, and how we should have responded, and how we should be considering how we responded in the past. Uh, And this will make sense in a moment. First, I thought it was kind of interesting. I wanted to release this episode a few weeks ago, and so I wrote kind of an introduction for this that I was going to read uh, prior to the end of the pandemic. But I thought it was interesting, and I want to read it now. Uh, So just imagine this as if it were uh, a few weeks ago, because I haven't changed anything. Here we go. It seems as though we're drawing closer to the end of this scamdemic, and certain state governments are coming to their senses and dispelling the already unconstitutional mask mandates. By the way, by scamdemic, I mean a scam of a pandemic because calling it a pandemic requires it to be an actual pandemic, which it's not. If you're not sure why I think that, then I'd like to refer you to my YouTube channel where I've posted a few videos on the subject. Now, I ended up not publishing that, but I thought it was interesting to read it now, Uh, since now it should be clear, even to the people on the left, that this so-called pandemic that we suffered through for over a year, which caused a near worldwide economic collapse, Thousands of closures of businesses, numerous destroyed lives, family members who died in isolation without their children, brothers, and sisters being able to see them, suicide rates worldwide to skyrocket in both adults and children. Other yet unknown psychological damage in children due to a year of quarantining and not being able to see their friends' faces or touch them or play with them was concocted, invented, made up, overblown, and hogwash. And we went along with it. But for now, we're going to be talking about standing on the other side of all this mess and looking back at how we responded and how we should have responded and what we have to do about that right now, specifically in the context of churches. So my point here is this. After all this is over, look back and remember where the church's loyalty lied. Look back at how churches responded to this and think about if they responded properly or think about if they didn't respond properly. And if they didn't, think back to see if they were repentant. If they weren't, are they repentant now? Looking back, How did your church respond to this hogwash? It could have been seen that this was a mess early on. It it was visible to a lot of people. Now, uh, what I'm not saying is if your church closed for a period of time, leave. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I think John MacArthur's church is a wonderful example of the right thing to do in this. Early on in the pandemic, the, sorry, the scamdemic, it wasn't a pandemic. So let's use proper language here. Early on in the scamdemic, John MacArthur's church closed because they thought uh, there was a valid reason in order to protect their congregation to close the church for a period of time. Now, they quickly realized like many other churches and uh, many also brave, brave churches in Canada that this is still happening to, to this day realized, uh, no, we have to meet, you know, like the Bible tells us to, because we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus. We're not followers of the government. So, uh, you know, we have to take all of the Bible and take it seriously. And so we're going to reopen our church. That I think was a wonderful thing to do because as they got new information, they responded in an appropriate way, which was to, um, you know, if if there is a real danger and a real threat, maybe the proper solution would be to uh, prevent your church from meeting for a period of time. But very quickly, John Macarthur's church, for example, realized that uh, this was not not necessary to, to stop meeting. Now, uh, many churches also, even whenever they did start meeting again, were imposing on their congregations. The same masking mandates that the government was attempting to impose on churches, and they were just going along with it. Now, you might think that this is totally okay to do, uh, and also imposing social distancing, by the way. But as we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, go look up the previous episodes on righteous disobedience. There's um, at least two, and you can listen to those for a a more in-depth description of why it is required for... Christians to disobey certain governmental commands. Yes, yes, in spite of Romans 13.1 and that one verse in 2 Peter 5.17, I think. Anyway, uh, let's say a member of the congregation thought it wrong to conceal their face under a mask, and that church, against the conscience of that member, forced them to wear a mask anyway. They are Forcing, in other words, that member to stumble, which is a sin. Now, if the church—now let's just say the church thought that it knew better, like, well, you know, they they can't handle themselves; they don't know any better, so we're going to force them to do it anyway. That's not a biblical thing to do. Now, if a church, uh, alternatively, thought not that they knew best, but that, look, we're just going to submit to the government that's over us doing that in this way would require you to not to, to cease submitting to God in other areas. So to submit to this government order to force your whole congregation to not meet or even to force them to wear masks against their conscience, just solely the fact that it is against their conscience and ultimately it is an amoral thing. Like it, putting a mask on your face is not necessarily moral or immoral. But if a person's conscience dictates that it is immoral, to force them to do so is a breach of God's law, and that is sinful for a church to do. So what happens to these churches that were sinful? Well, the question we need to ask ourselves is, have they repented of that? If a church has weathered out the whole uh, time period of this scandemic, by imposing these mask mandates on their congregation, and now it's over, well, everything's fine now, right? No, because we have to think where our church's loyalties lie. Who are they actually loyal to? During the time when things were difficult, who were they loyal to? Were they loyal to God or were they loyal to man? What do we do with this? how do we how do we know uh, what like what what should our response be whenever we encounter another church or even our church? especially our church? What do we do in a situation where our church unrepentantly handled this all wrong and proved that their loyalties don't actually lie with God, but they lie with the government. Well here's my solution. Avoid churches who shut down for too long or who forced their congregations to wear masks against the conscience of the congregants. Avoid churches that spoke defensively of the government's decisions or who attacked people who went with their conscience to not wear a mask or to keep their churches open. So what I mean by that is, think about How your church spoke against or for certain things here's an example let's use um batman and the joker let's just say you uh you had a friend who knew about all of the the horrible atrocities that the joker has committed and you know in dc comics this is fantasy but it's just an example just to get you up to speed and so if uh if you're not into this it's fine it'll be over soon, but I, I think it applies. <laughs> Let's just say somebody's like, oh, you know, the Joker's not that bad. He's, yeah, he does some really bad things, but, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he's insane. He's got some problems and, uh, you know, certain things just trigger his, his, uh, destructive insanity. It's okay. Now, Batman, on the other hand, who, uh, puts the Joker in his place and who takes care of that kind of crime, uh, if, if the Joker were being defended, and if Batman in opposition to this were being attacked, like, you know, Batman's the good guy. Joker's the bad guy. If you defended the Joker and if you attacked Batman for the good that he did, for example, like, well, you know, Batman, he's a vigilante. That's, that's bad. I know he does a lot of good things, but he really takes it overboard sometimes. And he does this and this and this. If you find that any Christian, for example, but especially your church. Now, this might not even come up. Like often, I find that churches totally avoid talking about contemporary issues. Uh, your your church might not even have mentioned masks even once, or you know, if if this is a biblical thing to do or not. And uh, if not, you know, that's a thing to avoid. You might want to leave that church just for that, <laughs> because we live in a uh, we live in the present. And so if your church is not engaged in the present, in contemporary issues that people are dealing with today, in sins that are, um, that their congregation is having problems with every day and not just wanting to, uh, uh, and instead just wanting to tickle their ears with uh, whatever they want to hear instead of whatever they need to hear, that is a church that you should get away from as well. But if your church is, or pastor has spoken about these things, and this can apply to other Christian leaders like in seminaries and everything else, we see this happening, but this is a really important consideration to have. Who are they defending and who are they attacking? Are they defending bad guys and are they attacking good guys? There are a lot of Christian leaders who have attacked John MacArthur's decision to open his church regardless of what the government says. John MacArthur is the good guy here. John MacArthur is the guy who is being faithful to Jesus Christ. And if he is being attacked, then that tells us that, well, something might be a little bit off about the attacker here. We need to make sure that the people who we follow are are the good guys and the people that they follow also should be the good guys. You know, you should not defend the bad guys, and you should not attack the good guys. That's a serious problem. That's what I mean by um, avoid churches that spoke defensively of the government's decisions or who attacked people who went with their conscience to not wear a mask or to keep their church open. Let's say the church or uh, the the church or your leadership team or your pastors even disagreed with the like. Let's say they they thoughtfully considered all of these things and they concluded anyway, which I think is wrong and still unbiblical, but let's just say they thought through it and they think they're the good guys here. Uh, Let's say they made the decision to continue imposing these masking mandates, to think that that's the greater good for some reason. Uh, But they then attacked people in the congregation or other people around, you know, like the John MacArthur example, but also saying things like, You know, if you wear a mask or if you choose not to wear a mask when you go into a grocery store, you you, you don't love people. Yikes, that is a horrible, absolutely immoral judgment to make. You do not know the heart of those people. In fact, whenever I chose not to wear a mask, it was out of love. It was certainly not out of insouciance towards the people around me. It was because I didn't want to lie to people. By putting a mask over my face and by capitulating to all of this nonsense, I was saying, I was trying to communicate to people, look, I don't have to wear a mask. You don't either. And if I were in a grocery store or something and and the employee told me to put it on, I didn't want to start any trouble. And so I would put my mask on. But in the vast majority of cases, they don't care. These rules, they're not enforced. And if there is a rule or a law that's not enforced, it's not even like a law, you know. You you can't just, but in in the American legal system, if there is a law from a hundred years ago, and it's uh, never been enforced before, kind of like what happened recently in uh, Moscow, Idaho, in um, Doug Wilson's church, whenever whenever his uh, his grandsons put some stickers up on the pole criticizing the uh, the communist nature of the government in, uh, in Moscow. Uh, they were charged with some kind of crime of putting stickers on a poll. Now, the funny thing is that, as far as I know, that crime uh, was never enforced in the past, even though it really was a law. And the funny thing is these polls in Moscow, Idaho, are covered in stickers and covered in posters and advertisements. And so they, uh, this state government or the some city government selectively chose who to enforce this law on. Now, a law like that is not a legitimate law. And so a law that isn't enforced, isn't a legitimate law. So if, if somebody says, put your masks on, Or if there's a sign out in front of a grocery store or whatever that says put your mask on and you choose not to wear it and they choose not to enforce it, then you are doing nothing wrong. (sighs) Avoid churches like that. Avoid churches who defend the bad guys and who attack the good guys. Avoid churches who unrepentantly shut down too long or force their congregations to wear masks unrepentantly. Uh, against the the conscience of their congregation more the most important thing is the is the unrepentant thing if let's just say uh conversely that a church has gone through the entire pandemic doing totally the wrong thing and just now look back at all this and and the leadership team says oh my goodness we messed up we, You know, as they see these pastors in Canada being put in jail because they are brave, courageous followers of Christ for doing the right thing. And these weak, cowardly, spineless pastors in America, they think to themselves, wow, uh, we really messed up. We should have resisted tyranny. We should have resisted tyranny and we didn't. We repent God and we repent congregation. Congregation then that's wonderful. That's fantastic. You stay at that church because that's probably one in a million. (laughs) However, if they don't do that, uh, that's a problem. Because even though this might all be over now, their loyalties don't suddenly shift to God instead of the government. Their loyalties lie with the government first. They have created an idol in their own sanctuary to some some old guy who is the resident of the White House who's lucky if he can string together a coherent sentence. So what if you say, but if I avoid churches who made these mistakes during the pandemic, there aren't going to be any churches left to go to. None of them are going to be perfect. But look, I don't want you to find a perfect church. I don't want you... I, I, I want you... To not find a perfect church, but find a repentant church, a teachable church. Find a church that pursues truth instead of pursuing, above all else, peace with tyrants. Find yourself a biblical church that values the law of God higher than the law of man. Think about if your church was forcing their members to wear masks. Think about if your church was forcing people to social distance. Think about if your church closed. And most importantly, think about if they did those things unrepentantly. Because in that case, this is a wonderful, wonderful, easy, like easy peasy way to find out where their loyalties lie. Do you, Christian, do you want a church who worships the government over the God of the universe? Or do you want a church that is faithful above all else, no matter the persecution and no matter the suffering that it might bring to them? Loyal to Jesus Christ. Well, obviously, obviously, you are supposed to want the church who is loyal to God. And you cannot do both at once you cannot be loyal to god and loyal to all men cannot be loyal to god's law first and loyal to all the government laws you cannot take those verses about submitting to the government out of context and say oh well you know that command is far more important than all the other commands in the bible we have to obey the government just because and conveniently by the way that command allows me to live a totally comfortable life. Well, that's wonderful. I'll just, uh, I'll just take that verse and I will apply it above all these other verses because, of course, that's what God wants me to do. That is, uh, that's the opposite of what God wants you to do. God does not want you to take his word out of context. God wants you to be faithful to him above all else. And the funny thing is, if you think you're being faithful to him by following that those two verses, by being faithful to the government and, and their tyranny and their evil laws, and some laws aren't evil. Some laws are. You obey and you submit to the good laws and you resist the evil laws. It's that simple. <laughs> but whenever there is a conflict between obeying God and obeying man, you obey God. It is not being faithful to God to choose to be faithful to man over God. It is so simple. But we have sat back and trusted the leadership of our churches for a year and a half by saying, ah, oh, these guys are just being faithful. I'll go along with whatever they say. I'm not going to resist them. It, it Look, it's the exact same thing. Uh, the Bible also says that we need to submit to our leadership uh, our spiritual leadership, our, our church elders, and so on. But what if they are forcing you to do evil things? Or what if they are imposing evil rules over their congregations? You resist it. You go to them. You talk to them. You create so much trouble to them that the only option they have is to leave or to repent. That is your job, Christian. Christian. You, sitting there in that congregation on Sunday, you have a job to do, and it is to help maintain the scriptural integrity of the body of Christ. If you see something wrong happening in your church, it is your job to do whatever it is in your power to help correct it, to help teach it. Even if it's against a pastor, because pastors make mistakes all the time. When I was a pastor, I made all kinds of mistakes that I wish somebody corrected me on. Man, if if present Cody could go back to past Cody and be like, you can't, you you have to follow God above man and explain all these things to me in the past, man, I a lot of things would have been different. And I might have, I might have left the church I was working at even sooner or uh, at least been fired (laughs) instead. (laughs) So I'm not saying it would have necessarily been a happy ending, but it would have been a happy ending because I would have been being faithful to God. And that's the most important thing. Who cares the kinds of persecution that's brought onto you because blessed is he who is persecuted in in, um, Jesus's name for doing good. And I guess that's the moral of the story If churches avoid conflict and, you know, pastors and Christians and everybody like this applies all across the board, it's not only to churches, it is to you. And so listen, where do your loyalties lie? Not just your church, but if your loyalty lies with Jesus Christ, then that should, you should try to reflect that in your family. You should try to reflect it in your small group. You should try to reflect it in your entire church and wherever you can. That needs to Radiate like righteousness needs to radiate from you and transform the things around you through Jesus. And if it's not doing that, are you really loyal to Jesus? Know where your loyalties lie. And if they don't lie with Jesus, you better repent real quick. And you better call the people around you to repent of that real quick, too. Because what do you think God does with the church that's living in sin? That With a church that has sinful leadership, who is making sinful rulings, it doesn't end well. Go ahead and read the Old Testament and you'll find out what God does with people who are unfaithful to him. Churches are full of people who are unconverted. People who call themselves Christians, are many of them are are unconverted. And I'm not saying that uh, all of these people who are making these bad decisions are unconverted. But at the same time these things are sinful and maybe they don't know it. They don't know that it's sinful and they need to be taught. I hope you, listener, realize that it is sinful to force somebody to do something against their conscience. It is creating a stumbling block for other Christians. And Jesus himself says, if you make an an immature Christian stumble, it is better for you to have a millstone tied around you and thrown into the sea. Uh, Probably if you're a Christian or not, you know, probably if you're saved or not, because there is going to be judgment regardless. You are going to be forgiven for your sins. If you are a Christian, but look, repent of those sins. (laughs) You have to, you need to have faith in Jesus Christ alone. Do not have faith in man. Do not have faith in governments but Jesus Christ, our Savior alone.